1: Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome once again to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the podcast that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and just so much more all about the world of Rugby Union. As always, I'm David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game wherever I can find it all over the globe. And for today's very special bonus episode, I'm greatly pleased. To welcome Oliver Engelhardt, who has been with my beloved FreeJacks since the very beginning of this organization. Ollie is an incredible guy with an even more incredible story, and he was nice enough to take some time to sit down and chat here on the Scrum of the Earth. So, if you also want to get in touch, by all means, please do so. I can always be found on Twitter. I'm at Of Scrum. I'm on Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast. And you can always just shoot me an email via the Scrum of the Earth at gmail.com. So, get in touch whenever and however you like, as always. Now, with all the admin out of the way, let's get right to it. Okay, my friends, I'm very happy to have my special guest here today. We've been trying to connect for some time now. We finally managed to work it out. If you're a Freejax fan like me, there's basically no way you don't know Oliver Inglehart. He's been with this organization right from the very beginning. So I always like to make sure I'm addressing my guests properly. So welcome to the Scrum of the Earth. And am I all right to call you Ollie.
0: Ollie's brilliant. Yeah, that's my go-to. Oh,
1: great. Well, thank you very much. And as I say, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm just so pleased you're able to carve out some spare time. I'm guessing carving out spare time is not an easy thing to do for you right now.
0: Uh, no, it's not. You know, started the season, we kicked off um, on Monday and stoked to have everybody back in town in the new digs and the new office uh, whirlwind to get that set up. But um, I'm excited to share what's been keeping you up late at night and, uh, you know, talk things through, Jack, so as we head into the 2022 season.
1: So there's been some curiosity among us fans, but um, we hear vague things about, well, some of the players are back. Some of them got rerouted through Mexico. Is that still a thing? Do we have our full squad here now?
0: We have, I believe we have 30 of the 38 players or okay. I'm not entirely sure the total numbers this year. We have the majority of the squad in, um, you know, I think a few folks are still waiting for the, uh, Flights with you know the visas are approved or not. I'm not I'm not totally tuned in on the rugby side, but sure. the uh, the majority of our players are here and we started training the first full training yesterday and then kicked into gear today. Sorry,
1: I can't wait. And by the way, are are you and the boys ready for the snow tonight? I'm guessing. I mean, I it's, it. It, it, it's possible, but for some of these players, it might be a first or at least a snowstorm like this. Is that possible at all?
0: It, so I think maybe everybody this year has been in through the okay ringer already. But it, in years past, we've done a uh, 2020, we did, we did our, we actually started in December and we did New Year's up in New Hampshire. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, the the videos were great. It was a great thing. That
0: was the first time, you know, half the squad had seen snow and been in the the woods and Ah. that was was great fun. So there's always a few, but I think the majority of the boys are now used to, you know, I think they're embracing the New England winter. It it really, it's part of that charm that makes the team so close. For sure. Sorry, it's, it's good.
1: Uh, I, I don't know if you care about basketball at all. Um, there was a, a Celtic named Kendrick Perkins who was from a town in Texas with like, you know, 42 people in the entire town. And he got off the plane at Logan airport in the middle of a blizzard and had never seen snow in his entire life. That must've been a, a real shock.
0: Yeah. I think um, I heard, I read that uh, the Patriots had their formal winter, uh, winter talk this morning from Bill Belichick, uh, you know, what it means to, to be a Patriot in England and, uh, the snow, the snow talk. I think it was dubbed. Ah, yeah. So you know, here, <laughs> evening,
1: it's nice. so actually, when I sat down with Co- Coach Matthew a little while ago, I advised him that he could make shoveling his driveway like a team building exercise. Uh, so <laughs> if he ends up doing that tomorrow, can you keep my name out of it, please? Yeah, will <laughs> I will be. I will be.
0: No blame around there.
1: So. Over the last couple of seasons, you have served multiple roles within the organization, including everything from playing to marketing and a million things in between. I think I'm right about that. So, I guess, well, my question is, what is your current official title, or does it actually matter?
0: I I've never, I've not particularly been uh, cautious about my title. It doesn't particularly matter to me. I think what it does matter is it, who we're not talking to, folks. So, my this year, uh, my official title is director of marketing. Okay. Uh, you know, that's overseeing the brand, you know, who the Free Jacks are, how do we come across, what are we doing to grow and grow the community, grow the game that is under my purview, And, and that's what I do day to day is just how do we grow this thing? How do we create and build the legacy and connect with more people who are going to fall in love with it because of the people that are part of the organization, because of folks like you, folks um, like the Jacks Rangers who are, who care so much about it and the community that we're creating. So that's my role. That's my official title. Yeah.
1: I love that because I, I definitely have some things to ask you about that too. Um, and by the way, I think I've come up with your job title. Yeah. Free Jack of all trades. Free Jack of all trades. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like
0: that's, um, you know, that it's a little bit of operations, a little marketing, it's a little bit of branding, it's a little bit of design. It's uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of everything. I love that. That's the, you know, it's the beauty of being part of a startup. And that's what, you know, that's what this is. Um, at the end of the day, we we're, we're, we're a rugby organization, but it is a startup we're a really lean team where we have a really high ambition to grow really fast. Um, and that takes, you know, a lot of dedication and time, but it's, uh,
1: it's. It's funny. I think that's one of the things that ingratiates the organization into the hearts of New Englanders like myself, it's the all hands on deck attitude. It's the, okay, well this job needs to be done. So I'm going to do it. That kind of thing. It, it feels like that's from top to bottom. It feels that way. Am I right about that?
0: It is. Yeah. It, from right from when it's starting, you know, we know that there's limitations to our resources. We know that this is professional rugby, not the Patriots yet. We're going to get there. Um, but to get there, it takes you know a lot of effort across and, and really thinking big picture, but then focusing on the minutiae and, and making sure that the experience that everybody has with the organization is so impactful that they want to come back. Because if you only get one chance, you've got to make that chance count.
1: So for any listeners out there who for some reason don't know, um, or, or I should say, if, if you're a founding member like myself, you've obviously seen Ollie out there on the pitch. I've seen him making plays for us on game days at Scrum Half. I've also seen him working the crowds at various home games. So is, is that the thing is the variety of the jobs you do? What makes it so interesting for you? Um, you is, know, is there such a thing as a typical day?
0: No, there's not really. I think that that's the easy question to answer. Um, what's why, what makes it interesting to me? It's just a, know it's a true i i think i revel in in the creating part Mm. you know we get to say every day what's going to move this forward what are we what are we going to do today to build something and that can be a poster that could be you know connecting with what selling a ticket to one new fan who who becomes a diehard fan for life um you know creating uh, cotton jerseys that are beautiful (laughs) um whatever it is like it, it the creating aspect to me is, is most thrilling. Um, it doesn't really matter what the creation is. It's, it's uh, you know, what's next, what are we doing? And, and then how do you build, how do you layer on that? Um, so I think that's what I enjoy most.
1: That's brilliant. That's a, that's a fantastic answer. Um, And I think you already alluded to it. So am I right saying the Free Jacks have a new training facility, uh, sort of the the organization has moved to Quincy proper, you have a a new space that's more legit written right near the the stadium, which is fantastic. I saw the photos of the first lifting session, you know, were you down there? Can you, can you tell us how people are enjoying the new facilities and uh, what can you tell us about it in general?
0: Oh, it's stunning. You know, so we found... Uh, we're right in 1400 Hancock. It, is, it used to be the tallest building in New England uh, when it was built in the early 1900s. It is like the landmark of Quincy. We're right in Quincy Center. So, you know, right next to City Hall. We're a five minute walk from Veterans Memorial. Um, you know, you walk past the Fowler House and well, I know lots of placement down there already. Um,
1: I've got better places for you to go. We lived in Quincy yeah. for quite a while. I've got better places. Right.
0: <laughs> um, but, you know, it's right It's right there and it's. It, we've really created so um our full-time space is 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 under works but right now we've got a fantastic setup where our gym space our training rooms our offices and our meeting rooms are are kind of take we've kind of taken over this whole this whole building which is oh that's amazing um so we're looking forward to got it we're now we're going to be there for the next five years the minimum you know Quincy is our home we're really stoked to the best part about it is we get to be part of the community of Quincy. So, you know, coffee shops and, and um, you know, places to eat right downtown. We're talking with folks. We're there, you know, building a relationship with Quincy Sun, the Patriot Ledger, the local media, mm-hmm. uh, making, you know, being part of that network is so important. And being in, the, in there is just as beneficial as having everything centralized. You know, players are, it's just a five-minute walk from one to the other. It's training. So we are now based in, you know, Quincy Center
1: yeah and when it gets nicer out y'all will be able to take a little stroll down to walliston beach and have some really great views on the on the sand there as well
0: absolutely i'm sure there's going to be a few beach training sessions this year in the works
1: so So to, to shift gears just a little bit uh can you tell me so how are you feeling about our free jacks heading into 2022 it's startlingly close when you actually look at the calendar um so what's your overall feeling and what's the first date on the schedule that you have circled as they say
0: What's the first date? Wow. I don't know. Um, March 12th.
1: <laughs> Our first home opening. I'll be there.
0: I'm ready for that. Uh, you know, it's a, it's the throwback to the St. Patrick's day festival where we were two days away when the season got canceled in 2020. So it's, uh, it's going off without a hitch this year, no doubt. Um, you know, that's the, that's what I'm really excited for is that obviously home opener, March 12th. Um, you know, I think the free J's are ready. Um, Scott and Mike—they've got the team going. I, I, you know, full trust that they're going to continue to build on what was like truly a, an awesome team environment last year. I think the the key part is that the the playing group is so developed. It now it feels like a cohesive unit, and it feels mm. like the players that are there. Are you know we're building on top of something. It's not starting anew, and that's such a that's that alone coming in where everybody is so connected already. It, it, I know it's such a short timeline, but you're, you're not starting from scratch and it feels like there's momentum. It feels like there's energy. Um, and so I'm sure it's going get to get into the I'll,
1: I'll tell you, it's, I mean, it, it translates. As a fan, I feel that same way. When I most recently talked with Phil from Jack's Rangers, in the middle of our conversation, we're both like, oh, wow, this is happening. And it's soon. And we're going to be there. Like it, it's, you know, the, the vibes are high. So, I, so I don't think it's worthwhile to ask somebody in your position, a bunch of cliches like, okay, are we going to make the playoffs this year? When do the free Jacks win it all? Those are questions that you really can't answer and are kind of silly. So instead I'd like to give you a much more practical one. What are some of the benchmarks that we need to meet this year to call this season successful?
0: Yeah. You know, I'm going to start from, from what I've been working on first. And that is, that is in terms of um, who's experiencing the matches, mm. you know, Success for us is, is growing this. You know, we have this amazing core group of fans, of founding members, you know, about 1,200 founding members. We want that to grow. You know, next for us is can we can we get more people excited year on year to be part of the community that we're building? You know, can that, can that get to 1,800? Can they get to 2,000? Can we be selling out Quincy? Can we be selling out Veterans Memorial Stadium every single match? Because it's such a fun environment and such a fun festival mm-hmm. to get people week, week, like if that's that's success for me, you know. Um, on for the rugby on the rugby side, I think they, you know, you take every week, uh, you know, every, they're going to take every game week by week, uh, focus on, you know, trying to execute and build on the areas where we need to work on from last year. I can't really speak to the rugby side right now, you know. It's, I'm very focused on what we're creating and. Um, I think success is, is hugely rooted in, 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 you know, the community that, that will end up being a part of it this year.
1: Well, it, I mean, it's a reality that over the last couple of years, rugby in general, you know, along with most other sports has just really taken a beating. But despite all that, you know, MLR, to me, they're poised to have their best season yet. Do you think that's a testament to, you know, the commitment of the owners, uh, the rise in prop popularity of the sport in general, or maybe a combination or, or something I haven't even thought of?
0: I, you know, I think the, the, we, being such a lean organization and I, you know, I can only really speak to the Free Jacks. I have some awareness of other teams, but being such a lean organization, we were able to pivot and create new experiences Mm. very fast during 2020. And it's no doubt it was a very, you know, it was a very tough year. We didn't end up having any of our matches, but, um, you know, that's eight matches without revenue. I think we were so, we're such a lean team that we were able to pivot and create, um, you know, unique experiences. At the end of the day, we are an entertainment and event company. So how can you create unique experiences for your, for your, uh, for your core audience? And I think that was a blessing. So the success, I think from there has been uh, you know for us we were we were motivated we were we had something to prove it'd been two and a half years we hadn't had a home game <clears throat> i was like we we had something to prove last year um this year is now we need to build on that this year is the motivation is there's so much more we can do we, we were we were getting by last year this year we want to you know keep building and keep getting better keep making the experiences uh more exciting and more passionate and and that's going to that's going to help us grow.
1: Well, uh, I mean, I, I'm weirdly proud of the fact that I own that that home opener shirt that has the date, the March 14th date on it, the yeah. day after Massachusetts went into lockdown. I, I, I don't know. So every time I look at that shirt, I just. Uh, but here we are. So I printed that
0: shirt. I printed that shirt. We had those made about two days before, and then we postponed it on the Tuesday, and the season was canceled on the Thursday. <laughs> oh, wow! I have 150 shirts.
1: <laughs> so you, you already mentioned it just a little bit. Um, so I understand that, you know, a big part of your purview here is to grow the game. I think fans like myself are keen to do that very same thing. So what are some of the things that you're doing in that area? You've already touched on them a little bit, but also what can people like me do to help? Uh, the,
0: biggest, the biggest thing is just say, like, have you heard of that? Have you, have you heard about the Free Jacks? You know, the, we know that we have not reached into the core markets of Boston yet. You know, we are, we are very much part of the rugby circles right now.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and, and rugby folks are passionate. Rugby folks are going to continue to be the driving force behind this. But in order to grow, we need to convince, uh, you know, Boston sports fans who've been Boston sports fans their whole lives that they need the flavor of rugby in their life because it's a little bit different. You know, it's that, it's that mix of hockey, football, and, and the excitement, you know, and action-packedness of, of basketball all, com- all combined, you know, it never, the game never stops, but it's just as physical and just as exciting. It's the festival of all those three, three things combined. We need to touch on, you know, we need to convince young folks that this is a great place, uh, you know, to come spend their Saturday afternoons. Have, a, have, you know, there's a beer garden, there's live music, there's an there's a action-packed week, and it's right, and you can take the tea there now. So you need to convince. Um, it's right there. You need to convince some young folks that, uh, you know, who live, you know, who live downtown Boston, that they can just pop on over for a great uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, you know, families making sure that rugby becomes more accessible um that you can that there's a pathway from
1: oh through, from, through these academies you're working on and these things
0: you know not necessarily just through the academies we want that to be you know we want to create networks via the academies but also that rugby is accessible through your through your your uh your school system mm. and it's accessible through your uh boys and girls clubs or through you know educational programs PE classes if you can have that be part of a curriculum where it's because it's such a it's such a great game for young for young kids to learn every you know just a, a side parallel to my spiel is that rugby is a game where everybody is a decision maker mm. at any given time right yeah, so i like that unlike, unlike football where you know you usually have a you're told what to do in mm. rugby at any given point you are a decision maker and your decision affects the game has a direct outcome on the game you know every and it's equal for boys and girls for every position you can mm-hmm. you can tackle run pass kick do whatever you want. It's your decision and you have to learn how to work as a team to achieve a goal.
1: I never heard it put that way. I love that. And it's funny too. Um, the thing I always try to tell people is, you know, football is a, uh, American football is a 60 minute game that takes 180 minutes to play. And rugby is an 80 minute game that takes 120 minutes to play. So you can see right there how much wasted time there is. There's for every minute you're watching a football game, you're watching two minutes of commercials. It's just a fact. Um, so in the process of becoming a rugby fan i still follow my patriots but that's the only nfl i ever really watch now because i'm too busy with rugby it's just too good
0: yeah and you know it's truth i've had my sports education over the last two years i i love watching football now i love watching hockey love watching basketball so i've got to you know learn from those. we've got to learn from those sports from a business Mm. they do a great job and i've stopped comparing rugby to football they're totally different games you know I actually think a better comparison, especially for New England is it's like ice hockey because it's so it's so fast. It's so physical. Yeah. There's so much happening off the ball, off the puck, you know, like there's more to watch than than just the ball. And I think that's that's the most exciting part to me is that the, from ice hockey is like I love the tactic, the tactical sides of it. What the team is trying to achieve. It's not just going forward. There's you know the development off off the puck, and I think that's that's what really makes rugby an exciting sport. Um, you know, in the same way
1: that it is hockey. for sure. And the physicality is so real. Uh, before I got to see my first match, which I guess was one of the Kara Cup matches, probably the first Kara Cup match, people all told me the thing that's going to blow your socks off is when you hear the collisions, when you hear the body on body thing and you're close to it, all of a sudden you'll understand this thing on a new level that you don't get from watching it on TV. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that is 100% true. And yeah. you know, it, when we got our first game at Veterans Memorial last year, we got a lot of people in there. I th- they must've done, y'all you, you must've done some promotions to get more people in the stands. So there was more than there had been uh, at Union Point. And I, I was in the stands, I was hearing that everywhere all over the place. Just people saying, whoa, I didn't know it was going to be like this. I didn't know it was this physical. I didn't know it was this hard. Like just awakenings all around you. It was a beautiful thing to listen to.
0: I think two things from that match, particularly, you know, uh, that, that really made that, that stadium feel like home mm-hmm. because that atmosphere was incredible. Right. That's that stadium was full. It felt exciting. It felt like there was this energy in the crowd. Um, you know, Phil was out there, uh, you know, out there. Huzzah. And, uh, <laughs> it just felt it just felt absolutely brilliant, uh, and the second thing was that was an exciting game. Like, that was a physical game, very. Uh, and so you know, I think for we had I think we had something like three hundred walkups. You know, Quincy residents oh, just okay. walking by, and we're like, all right, let's go check that out.
1: Oh, because of the, fe- the festival atmosphere, the music you could hear so, outside. I mean, oh,
0: you know, you come once and you're hooked, and I think that was, it. but not just because the action it's part the fest, the atmosphere, you know, yeah, it's, it's both things working together. And I think that's what, that's, what's going to really help this thing grow is that, you know, yes, the action's exciting, but you're also here at this really awesome, you know, close-knit venue, um, there's great beer, there's great party, you know, it's a good and,
1: time. You know, I hadn't even thought of that too, because there's obviously physical differences between where you were at Union Point and Veterans Memorial, but there can't be walk-ups, at Union Point, because nobody's walk, It's set way back in the middle of nowhere next to an airplane hangar and like nobody's walking there. So wow, I hadn't even thought of that. That's great. So I like to do this a lot. If, so if, if I could give you a magic wand to magically fix one thing that is wrong with the state of rugby in the United States, what are you going to do with it? Would it just be simple, something simple like just a huge influx of money to USA Rugby? Would it be maybe an iconic player, an American player who just grabs the public attention in the sort of Jonah Lomu fashion, or maybe more talent coming here from the rest of the world, or maybe our best players staying here rather than going elsewhere, none of the above? The wand is yours. What are you going to do?
0: Uh, you know, I think the biggest one is just put rugby in schools, mm. you know, create create daily env- daily engagement with the folks who are going to be watching rugby and playing rugby for the next 10 to 20 years. You know that is we already see it at college. You know most 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 um, fans of the game in the U.S. pick up rugby or hear about rugby for the first time in college, because institutions you know most collegiate institutions around the country have some level of a club rugby sure. environment and they love it. You know it's, it's it has a legacy, it has a history. They love the game, they love the you know the decision making, they love every part of it, and they stay they stay fans for life. They know they might not stay players after college, but they do stay connected in some way. Um, I think if you did that with kids from six years old, you know, touch rugby, flag rugby, building up into, you know, middle schools and high schools, creating that lifelong pathway, you now have ex- exponentially more players, more fans, more, more people connected to the game and the money, you know, that stuff, that stuff comes, but it's not going to, you know, if you put in a, if you, if you had a huge investor come in right now, it's not going to change anything. Mm. It's not going to change the structure of any of the institutions, other than helping to create more people more bodies working to get that one action done. Um, so, I think that that would be what I would do right now.
1: It's funny too. Uh, it's a little off topic but like so most recently I've, I've, I've started teaching at a, a school right nearby and um, Every now and then they have me sub in for the PE teachers, which seems inexplicable, but basically they, they never let me organize anything. They just say, here's a bag full of balls, take the kids into this area and make sure they don't kill themselves. And as you can imagine, there is never a rugby ball in the bag. They don't, they don't own one. I, I'm not sure any of the, the teachers there would recognize it if they saw it being played. And I feel like, ah, I wanna do that, but I don't have the, the skill set to bring it to them, but it feels like a perfect opportunity.
0: So TK actually, uh, you know, you know Tom. Sure, of course. So TK is actually helping uh, launch the Rugby in the Bag program in New England. So you know Rhino and a few other sponsors have sponsored balls for schools. We have, if your school would like a bag of rugby balls and all the equipment to go with Rugby in a Bag for your PE classes, shoot us an email and we'll send you a bag of balls.
1: Oh dang! I actually I I wrote Mags about this very thing, and he was like, "Oh, okay, let me see what you know what we can do about it." That's uh, now I got to reach back to Tom.
0: Yeah, the program has been sponsored by uh, MLR and Rhino, um, and the balls are here, so we've got we've got the equipment, now let's get those into the school, and so if you would like a bag of balls, just uh, fire us a note and we'll send them your way.
1: Oh, I'm on it. I literally brought in my Rugby World Cup replica ball one day and then kind of sat in the car like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, again, I just want to say thanks so much for, for coming here. It's just been so great. and I've been looking forward to it for so long. I do want to switch gears once more. So uh, in my little intro, I mentioned that you're a guy with a unique story. And an obviously big part of that is the fact that you were brought up in Hong Kong. So you know, how did that come about? What was that like? You know, were you born here and then moved early on? I know it's an incredibly broad question, but what do you think of when you think of your experiences there?
0: you know hong kong's home for me like that's i was born and raised i lived my whole life until i came to college here um in hong kong i you know i lived moved all, you know went and did a lot of different things growing up all, all over southeast asia um you know i, I was born there and that is it's, it was one of the most incredible places to grow up because it's an incredibly international city um obviously you know heartbreaks for what's happening with the city now but the, the when it was when i was growing up there it was you know You had this incredible sense of opportunity and independence. So you know, I had a single mother who who worked full time job, traveling. You know, four to five days a week, most weeks. I had a twin brother, and we did everything. You know, we we walked to everything. We went take public transport from when we were you know eight years old to go to rugby on a Sunday morning. Wow. Uh, You know, from when I was eleven, I lived in China. Uh, at a Shaolin temple and did random stuff around China from, you know, ages 11 to 17 by ourselves, by ourselves only because I had a twin brother and we could rely on each other for that. Um,
1: I mean, know, who, who didn't live in a Shaolin temple when they were a kid? Come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So did a, did a whole range of things that, but it was that, it was an incredible opportunity to be independent. And I think that's what um, you know, Hong Kong was, is this awesome place. And as a city, you could be in the heart of the city, and then five minutes later, you could be in, a, in the mountains or in the rainforest or on the water, um, you know, out in the ocean and not know the city was right there. And that was wow. what made this really fast, this fantastic place to be to be growing up because there was so much you could do.
1: So do you feel a connection with Hong Kong rugby? Do you, you know, probably not because of your age at the time. But did you ever have an opportunity to get involved in any capacity? Yeah. You know, and are they currently on your radar or are you pretty single minded about what you're doing right now?
0: No, no. So when I graduated, I went back to Hong Kong. I was working um, I, I was working for a consulting firm with some of China's largest companies. And um, I was playing with the Hong Kong Sevens team. So oh. I, I was training with Hong Kong Sevens. I never played, unfortunately. Oh. It was my dream to play in the Hong Kong Sevens. Um, and I was in Hong Kong for about, uh, you know, just under a year when Mags called me and said, hey, we're, we're starting this thing. We'd love you to be involved. Um, so I got on a plane two weeks later, but, uh, wow, um,
1: you know,
0: I was, yeah, you know, I loved, it was always my dream to play for the Hong Kong sevens team and, uh, and get involved there, but uh, no, probably not anymore. And, uh, you know, probably those those high level playing days are over for me. So.
1: so when you take a look at the current world rankings, you see Hong Kong ranked at 22nd, and the USA is at seventeenth, and whatever the the points they use to measure these things are worth. It, there's only about five points between us. Um, have Hong Kong ever played the United States in rugby union? And if that were to happen, would you just kind of explode?
0: Um, I don't know. To be honest, they might have at some point. In the, maybe. Who knows? I, I I I'd root for Hong Kong. I think that's a um, team. Um, I always consider. I well, it, was a, it was a running joke with my family when they asked. You know, when anybody asked me where I was from, I said from Hong Kong. So I'm Hong Kongese, and um, that's home. You know, true and true. Uh, but yeah, no, Hong Kong. They they had a huge. They the union in Hong Kong was really well established and very well run for a long time, and they, mm. they did a fantastic job again focusing on youth development for years and years and years and and the way that they structured it was they utilized uh, you know the players that had moved to Hong Kong after their professional careers helped grow programs and helped grow youth organizations so you know when I was growing up we had you know dads and, and family members and moms were all part of the coaching and the administration teams we also had like players who had these incredible international careers you know who now lived in the city and were part of the coaching teams and oh, wow. um, they helped grow that, grow that. And then the union, unfortunately went through a really tough time the last two years with, uh, with COVID they obviously lost the Hong Kong sevens for the, for the last three years. Sure. Um, and that was their major, you know, major source of the revenue. So I think they're, they they need some, they need to refocus and, you know um, but I'm not, I, I'm not t- totally tuned into what they're up to
1: nowadays. So I see that you ended up graduating from a place called the Island School. Um, by the way, most of this info is just coming from the the Free Jacks bio page. Where, by the way, I don't know why this cracks me up so much, but it lists your height as five foot twelve, which for some I, reason I get a kick out of that. Is he six of- feet tall? No, no, he's five twelve.
0: It's my official ESPN stat as well. Oh, yeah. is that right? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I've snuck in there. I've snuck that in there everywhere. Um, I think I think NBC or I think uh, I think. NBC or, Sp- or Fox Sports might have caught that and changed that once, but. Um,
1: <laughs> well, b- believe me, nobody at ESPN is paying attention.
0: Yeah, no, it's it stuck in, it's snuck in there a few times. So um, yeah, it's the personality, right? Like that's what makes the, the <laughs> that last happening.
1: <laughs> so I am curious about the, the sort of the timing. So obviously, as you know, obviously Hong Kong reverted back from English or, you know, British rule, really English. The chinese rule in 1997 so when i look at that compared to your graduation date you must have been so little i was at, uh, wondering. when that happened did, did that affect you or your family at all or
0: no but there is this great f- picture of me sitting on um prince charles's helicopter in <gasps> in, uh, in the hong kong harbor and i'm sitting there with you know, my mom and my twin brother and we she somehow convinced them to let us get out of the helicopter and no way so. I was one year old, have no memory of it, but there's a great photo of it. Um, oh my gosh in the background then
1: that's um, gold. So I, I, another obvious question is do you speak Cantonese?
0: I don't. I speak Mandarin though so I oh, grew up. Yeah yeah so I grew up you know I lived all over China for a little bit um, and have always have always uh, been studying and have learned uh, Mandarin. I never spoke Cantonese. I speak a, you know, a little bit of slang here and there and <laughs> um, mostly swear words that. <laughs> um, mandarin i, I work because when i went back home i also worked you know for trying you know some of china's biggest companies and um you know worked in chinese in some ways and um yeah no it's probably got it's pretty rusty at the moment so i ne- definitely need to work on it but
1: <laughs> <laughs> so by the way um and this is something we we touched on briefly as we were sort of messaging back and forth um for the last couple of months you've been doing a lot of coaching um, where has that been? And you know, can you tell me something about that? Because it's hard to find that info around here.
0: Yeah, so um, I guess you know, coaching all over. But what we did is we got, we opened up the floor to anybody that wanted you know coaches to come out to join their rugby session around New England, and we just we just went out. You know, anybody that still to this day, if you guys want, if there's anybody listening that wants you know a free jag team members, coaches, staff to come out to a rugby session. And just share some of the fundamentals that what we do at trainings i i will pick up a, i'll take a van and i'll grab as many players that can fit in the van and i'll come show up at your at your training session so that's awesome uh, that's a you know we did a lot of that throughout the summer um with you know we last year especially we had we had a very robust academy setup um and you know we had uh, regional training groups basically twice a week every week around new england huh. 13 of these we we went we had over two thousand participants at these or at these camps at these clinics um basically doing a not necessarily an assessment but a coaching and a evaluation opportunity to say what you know to help basically identify future players and provide um you know next level opportunities for some players and that's led into you know we've had the independents we've had the junior jacks so i was coaching with the i was coaching the junior jacks uh, um, coaching with the independents um throughout the season and then uh you know I actually had my one of my favorite coaches coaching opportunities this year was um with uh boston rugby and beantown um sure. was i helped them with their seventh se- season this year so oh wow you know the first opportunity to, I, I don't know if they if i'd say head coach i was um obd Definitely, um, Olivia at at Beantown was definitely uh, up there, and Stacey Markovich at at Boston Rugby, but definitely helped. I really enjoyed the opportunity. Went out to Sevens Nationals in Seattle as a coach, and um, and that was brilliant just for kind of first time taking the mantle there.
1: Well, I think it's Beantown Rugby that organizes that Sevens tournament that's like a really wide open competition. And you know, before it hit the fan with all this stuff, I, I got to go see one of those tournaments. And, you know, people always talk in rugby about, oh, rugby's for everyone. It doesn't matter your your body shape, your body type, where you're from, wh- who you are. And, you know, it's easy to go, yeah, okay, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. And then I went to that tournament and I went, oh, no, that is for real. That is the core of what I'm watching right now.
0: Absolutely. Like, it is truly, like, back home in Hong Kong, we had this, um, you know, there's, there's teams for everybody. Like, there's the over-60s team. There's the, uh, nice. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess up the name and it's going to be embarrassing, but there's the, uh, Oh man, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. There's like the the pot roast team and
1: (laughs) something like that. So truly is a game for everybody. (laughs) So, uh, you know, once again, just thank you so much for taking the time out of your incredibly busy schedule to to join us here on the Scrum of the Earth. It's been fantastic. In in fact, I feel like I've done you a disservice with these questions in a way there. You're I I started with the, Oh, well, I think I have an idea what how interesting is. No, no, I, I had no idea how interesting you are. (laughs) <laughs> oh, free, oh, i love
0: it i love chatting chatting rugby and uh,
1: so i guess my, my last thing will be so if you could have one wish come true for the upcoming mlr season what's that wish going to be is it just going to be something like the free jacks beating the ridiculously named team from los angeles or maybe for the league managing to play every single scheduled game like last year which was i know a big thing that was you know properly touted by the commissioner
0: yeah a sellout on march 12th let's make yeah. it happen. that's um you know that's what we're working
1: towards that's uh that's the goal let's let's sell it out uh by the way before i let you go is there anything i've missed anything you wanted to mention or plug in some way about what you're doing what the organization's doing how it's going
0: uh if you're around boston keep your eye out for some exciting things pop- popping up around the city uh especially you know redline and along the MBTA. if you see something for jacks, you know there's going to be some things popping up and you know we're going to try and get into a bigger network and um you know reach a wider audience so help be part of sharing that uh you know there's some really exciting campaigns that we're trying to trying to push right now and um so help help be part of that help be part of sharing that on social media if you see something
1: I had such a lovely moment a couple of years ago. It was the very first time I had just been out somewhere, and I'm just wearing one of my Free Jacks sweatshirts or something. I just you know go into a bakery to get a coffee, and the woman behind the counter is like, "Hey, nice Free Jacks gear!" And I was like, oh, "It's happening."
0: I've seen. I get pictures from folks all over the country now, sending me photos when they see people in Free Jacks. I'm like, "That's a little weird that you're always sending me these photos, but it's also I I love it. Like don't keep going. <laughs> I want to see where the hats end up. I want to see. You know where where people wear in the jersey, and um, you know the more the merrier. That's that's what grows this thing.
1: Well, Ollie, again, thank you so much. You are the best. Thank you for joining us here in the Scrum of the Earth. I can't wait to see your smiling face at Fort Quincy in just a few weeks. It's amazing. Just you know, right around St. Patty's Day, it is going to be epic.
0: It's going to it's going to blow your mind. St. Patrick's Day weekend, here we come.
1: Well, I will talk to you very soon, my friend. Thank you so much. Stay safe and be well. <laughs> Well, my friends, that does it for this week's bonus episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I really had a great time talking to Ollie, and I can't wait to see him in person in Quincy in just a few weeks. It's going to be fantastic. As I've said, if you'd like to reach out and get in touch, I just love it when you do. Also, if you could, leave me a nice review. That's very helpful and helps grow the pod. It's really a great thing to do if you have time. Uh, In any event, thank you again so much for coming along wherever you are all over the globe. Cheers. Talk to you soon. And be well.